This is episode 56 of the Angry Tech News Podcast for Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. This is the Angry Tech News Podcast at angrytechnews.com. Now your host, the angry programmer with a mic, Ryan Bemrose. So right here at the beginning of the show, this is where I always talk about, uh, you know, the, the state of what's going on and kind of my thoughts for the week. And you know, honestly, I got nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get tired of the news and that's not good for somebody who reports it. Um, the problem I'm having is that AI news is so prevalent and banal and vapid and um, it's, uh, it's everything. I, I, I try to bring you stories that that actually mean something, stories that try to change what is going on in technology, anything that that has real impact. And a- anybody who follows tech news knows that, uh, you know, what what do you get? You get press release, you get hacks, you get rumors, you get a uh, data breach, you get uh you know, some government who uh, a bureaucrat who knows absolutely nothing about technology proposes to force all companies to do some. And it's after a while, it is all the same story. And I guess I should be happy that AI is changing things. Uh, it's you know, it's the new fad everyone's creaming over. It, it's it definitely feels like a fad um, there. It, it is. I mean, it is quite possibly the most disruptive technology since web search. And I've been around quite a while and I've definitely seen a lot of things going on, but um, I, it's just so hard to filter through and find the things that are actually happening from the things where, you know, Hey, look, some startup is doing X with AI and we've done this all before, but now there's AI for, you know, it's, it's kind of like quantum was two years ago. It's, it, it's a fad. But there are uh, a lot of really cool things going on with it, and I will continue to not bring you stories about AI. Um, Every other podcast in the world is doing that. So I, today, am going to talk about robots. From the Robot Overlords Department. Mayor Eric Adams of New York City, who in his first 15 months in office has accomplished little more than giving speeches, has announced that the latest initiative in cleaning up the city. No, no, they're not going to finally start prosecuting criminals. That would be radical. No, they're going to deploy robot cops. Uh, The robot in question here is the Nightscope K5 robot. It is a, a robot that is shaped kind of like a Dalek. It's five foot two tall and 400 pounds, which I think I have an ex-girlfriend with those proportions. But anyway, uh, it's basically a mobile sensor package that will, you know, roll along the city streets on wheels, watching for crime, whatever it decides, and report it in. The sensor package contains a 360 degree video, um, infrared sensors, multiple directional microphones, and when it wants to get your attention, it contains a strobe light and a PA speaker. Um, because it's just a sensor package, it you still have to deploy human police to make the arrest. Uh, because it's on wheels, it's limited to sidewalks, and only sidewalks without particularly bad uh, 
cracks and things in it. But, uh, you know, I guess they, they think, well, if, if it's not just totally a, a press circus, the, what they think is that it's going to be on the street watching everybody and it will deter crime because you don't want to commit a crime. Um, now, you may or may not recall the Nightscope K5 robot. Uh, this is the same robot that it's been around for a few years. Um, it was deployed in Washington, D.C., patrolling the streets in 2017 and ended up wheeling itself into a fountain and then dying or drowning, uh, presumably out of shame and despair because it was in Washington, D.C. Uh, another K5 unit made headlines in 2016 when, in a uh, while patrolling a Stanford shopping center, it ran over a small child. So these things have got uh, some PR to work through, but uh, Eric Adams is all in favor. Now, when I was digging through, the first thing that I wanted to know is how much are New York City taxpayers going to be paying for this thing? And I cannot find how much the device costs. And the reason is that Nightscope is not selling them. They are renting them to municipalities and stuff. Uh, everything that I can find, all the articles and including Nightscope's own page, is charging to rent them. They're charging about $7 an hour, they say. And it's it's the standard, uh, the same thing you get with used car lots starting at $7 an hour, which means that there's probably, you know, if you want the thing to have wheels and sensors, it's probably an extra 7 to 20 an hour. But we don't know the details. Um, what I do know, $7 a minute, uh, $7 an hour is, in fact, below New York City's minimum wage. So... We actually have proof to the conspiracy theory that robots are taking your jobs. So what we've got here is uh, New York City is now deciding to deploy, um, well, Ed 209. Would that be it from uh, if anybody remembers that reference from the Robocop movie? OK, it's not 209. Um, it doesn't even have any guns yet. This is more like Ed 001. But you know they're going to iterate on this, and sooner or later, robots are going to be murdering us on the streets, and then, you know, the corporations will buy the police. You know, pretty much what that uh, Paul Verhoeven movie predicted, because this, I'll tell you one thing, 2023 is, it's the year when 80s dystopian action flicks have started to really predict the future. Um, oh, one other thing that, uh, throwaway that was in there, um, the K5 unit is equipped with facial recognition, but you don't need to worry, New Yorkers, because the New York Police Department currently has no plans to use it. And as we know from announcements like that, uh, that currently is likely to change in the next 10 minutes or so when they go ahead and turn it off just as soon as nobody's paying attention. Personally, I kind of fail to see that what the point is to having robot robots going out and finding crime when the city prosecutor doesn't even prosecute them and the cops, a lot of them can't really be bothered to follow. I mean, what are you going to have cops following the robots around in case it finds a crime and, and then they're not even prosecuted. Eh. Anyway, in the end, this feels like New York uh, is doing a publicity stunt. The city leadership wants to write some headlines and the important part for them at least is how well the robots are received by the public. Is this going to be your robotic savior protecting the innocents from the evildoers out there? Or is it just going to be another state surveillance apparatus? Uh, one thing we know is that it will not be stopping any muggings. Um, this should be, I, I mean, for one thing, 
if you're planning on mugging someone, the robot is obvious as hell. So you just wait for it to go by before committing your crime, but whatever. But the other thing is this robot is, I mean, how effective a cop is it going to be if it's easily disabled by stairs or curbs or spray paint? I, what I do know is this thing, it's, it's a very large, expensive and uh, device of dubious benefit that is left unattended around New Yorkers. So I guess my question is what could go wrong? From the digital Stockholm department, Mac rumors is reporting on a, a rumor that iOS 17 will be the first iPhone to allow the side loading of apps. Side loading, by in case you weren't aware, is putting an app on the phone that you didn't get through the official app store, usually for the purpose of installing something without having to ask permission from the company. Android has allowed this for years. If you jump through a few hoops, you have to find the secret button, click the I am a dev, click your heels together seven times or whatever, uh, pass through some scary I know what I'm doing dialogues. Um, and then eventually, once you do that, you can download a third-party APK and install it on your system. Now, this is complicated because, well, it has to be complicated. Most people should not be downloading third-party apps. If you've listened to this show enough, you know about all of the horrible security holes from apps. And uh, while the official app stores do not do a very good, great job of preventing malware, they do help some. Um People should not be downloading third-party apps because most people are stupid and can't help but install malware. It's just what they do. Um, if it was really easy to install malware on your phone, you'd be running Windows on it by now. But Apple, on the other hand, in comparison, Android has simply never allowed uncontrolled installs at all. Uh, the closest you can get without jailbreaking or, uh, or rooting your iPhone device is a developer mode app called test flight, where you have to certify to your phone that you're a developer, then you can install test flight and it allows you to install a package. Uh, this, this by the way, is the only official way to install something not in the app store. Um, it, you can then install a package that is signed with a developer key. The developer gets the key from Apple and the developer needs to specifically send you a beta link so that they can sign the software specifically for your device. Which means that if you're getting it from not the app store, you still ultimately need Apple's permission to put software on your own phone, which as far as I'm concerned is missing the point of sideloading. The whole point of sideloading to me is putting things on there that Apple did not say you could put on there. It's part of owning your own hardware. You paid good money for the hardware. You should be allowed to control and have the last say in what's doing it. The way Apple has stuff, no, they, they, Still want the last say, they still have it unless you root your phone. But anyway, let's go back to my notes. Where the hell was I in my notes? Uh, oh, you still need the company's permission to put software on your phone. And if Apple decides that a particular developer has said the wrong thing on social media, or if Apple decides that the particular developer has written an app that puts your needs ahead of the needs of Apple Corporation, they have the ability and right to revoke that key. The only way around it, again, is if your phone is jailbroken or rooted, which, by the way, it avoids the warranty, whatever. You're just violating the terms of service up front. Anyway, the main reason for changing this now in iOS 17 is the European Union's Digital Markets Act, which you may or may not remember from Angry Tech News number 31, where I discussed what that act was going to do. 
Uh, well, it passed, it went into effect, and now it requires gatekeeper companies, which are by the act defined effectively to mean Apple, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and Amazon to quote, open up their platforms or pay fines of up to 20% of their global revenue, which by the way, that's, that's crazy, but that's now EU law. Uh, Apple has claimed that sideloading will, quote, undermine the privacy and security protections that iPhone users rely on, leaving people vulnerable to malware scams, data tracking and other issues. They say that you should just trust Apple and decide that what you can in, or trust Apple to decide what you can and can't install, because it's much safer to trust a giant faceless megacorporation trying to exploit you than it is to trust a third party developer trying to exploit you. Oh, and of course, uh, Apple doesn't point this out necessarily in their scare tactic, but it is critically important that you continue giving 30% of every online transaction you ever make to Apple for the privilege of them telling you what you can and can't do. You know, Apple, maybe if you weren't so greedy and restrictive in your app store, people wouldn't need to sideload so much. But what do I know? It's unclear how exactly this is going to be implemented. The reason that's unclear is because it's a rumor. Of course, there's been no announcement from Apple. The announcement will come when they announce the operating system. But there are sure to be hoops to jump through. Uh, back in December, Bloomberg speculated that Apple might in fact charge a fee to any developer to pass a security check in order to get authorization to sideload, which might help, you know, uh, charging a fee might help offset Apple's loss of their 30% VIG. Uh, and it most certainly would allow them to continue their iron fist rule of which programs you can and cannot run. It is also unclear whether sideloading will be available to all iOS 17 users or just those in the EU. If the company decides to restrict it just to Europe, then their troubles might not be over though, as there's legislature moving through several other countries to require sideloading, including India, Taiwan, and the American Choice and Innovation Act uh, introduced in May of 2022 by Amy Klobuchar. I've not heard anything about it since May, but I, we do remember reporting on that. Regardless, it's sure that any control that Apple gives up will only be done reluctantly. You don't easily give up that kind of power over the devices that hundreds of millions of people use daily. And Apple users have already been conditioned to love their captor. Like any other Stockholm victims, Apple users will fight against liberation they will find comfort in the heavy hand that continues to control everything about the device they ostensibly purchased. Me, I'll continue to stick to platforms which on which I have final say what software runs. This, by the way, is one of the two main reasons why I use an Android phone and not an Apple device for my personal use. The other reason, of course, is fiscal responsibility. <laughs> From the conspiring to cons commit a conspiracy department. I'm fascinated by conspiracy theories. The amateur investigations, the wild and plausible hypotheses, the sheer variety of conclusions people can reach all looking at the same data. Sometimes I use them for story ideas when I write my spy fiction, when I make time to write that. Uh, I mean, spy fiction is kind of what conspiracy theories are after all. Uh, many of the theories start from a kernel of truth, but end up committing some logical fallacy, sending the conclusion spiraling off into the realm of fantasy. I find it entertaining to entertain such ideas. But some of the things that are labeled conspiracy theories are almost certainly true. Uh, you'd have to be pretty brain dead to believe every official story that comes out of the official channels. Uh, the most effective way that the official narrative combats conspiracy theories is to conflate them all, lump them together under that one label of conspiracy theory, and present the false dichotomy that you have to believe in all or none of them. 
They tell you, for example, that you have to give the COVID lab leak theory and the flat earth theory the same level of credit, or that if you believe the CIA killed Kennedy, you must also believe that Finland is just an uninhabited basin in the Baltic Sea. One of the more entertaining hypotheses out there, conspiracy theories that I've found, is that birds are not real. Uh, the theory claims that there is no such thing as a biological bird, depending on who you ask variously, the birds never existed or that they were all killed off in the 1950s by nuclear testing, um, that all birds now are just robot drones sent to spy on you, which is, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, I don't know, maybe, maybe all the birds are now a much sleeker and less obtrusive night scope K5. The logistics of this one really boggle the mind, and for the record, I don't think it's very likely to be true, but it entertains me to think about the idea that all of those things chirping outside my window are actually drones here to spy on me. Hey, feds, if you want to spy on me, subscribe to Angry Tech News, maybe send some money. Anyway, a team at the New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology in Socorro, New Mexico, is actually making this one true. Researchers there are trying to study the migration and flight patterns to improve aviation. They tried sending drones up to see how they fly, but they could not get the results that they wanted. And they stumbled onto the idea that, hey, birds have known genetically the optimal ways to fly for thousands of years through evolution. They pretty much got it right. They, they're efficient. They're, uh, ener they use very little energy for the amount of distance they cover. The idea that they stumbled on is let's take some dead birds preserved through taxidermy and build drones inside of them. I, I know this was a long way to go to get to a, yeah, maybe kind of a non-story. The story is that uh, the preliminary results they're getting is that bird flocks are currently seem to be accepting of the drones as one of them, but the drones can only fly for 20 minutes and cannot get very far. So we don't know anything about long distance. To be honest, I'm not even sure what they're studying here. I just had to get to the punchline that they're putting drones inside dead birds. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly what they're going to learn about flight. There's a lot more than skin and feathers that go into flight. Uh, birds also have things like muscles and a skeleton. Are the drones going to reproduce those? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, a drone that flies like a bird rather than uh, most drones are a gyrocopter these days. A drone that flies like a bird would have some real advantages in speed and maneuverability. So you could learn something from it. Uh, whether anything comes out or not, it entertains me to entertain the idea. And let's face it, entertaining myself is the only real purpose of this podcast. And from the even further out there department, just in case you thought the previous story was out there, this one's even more out there all the way to the moon out there. CNBC reports that Nokia is preparing to launch a 4G mobile network to the moon later this year. The launch is scheduled for 2023 using a SpaceX rocket. Uh, according to Nokia's principal engineer at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, uh, they are planning on launching a, a Nova Sea lunar lander that will land in the Shackleton Crater um, which is accompanied by a solar powered Rover, which will be roving around the crater and communicating via Nokia's LTE network. Uh, the aim they say 
is to, quote, provide critical communication capabilities for many different data transmission applications, including vital command and control functions, remote control of lunar rovers, real-time navigation, streaming of high-definition video, and eventually, when the current mission sends a person to the moon, uh, depending on which conspiracy theories you follow, either back to the moon or to the moon for the first time, um, the cellular network will become or be available for communications. So you can make a cell phone call both to other people on the moon, all how many, three, <laughs> and that uh, using a satellite relay, you can make a cell phone call back to Earth using this network. Talk about rural a network with only a couple subscribers, no human ones at all. If you're one of those people whose home exists in a cellular dead zone, be comforted by the fact that getting reliable coverage on the moon is more important to cell phone companies than expanding the coverage to your house. And rejoice that technology has brought us this far. thanks to Steve Edwards for his monthly donation that came in this week via PayPal and to the handful of people like Curtis Peterson who streamed Satoshi's to using a modern podcast app. The rest of you are freeloading and should be ashamed. Pretend like I just put up a sad puppy on the video for you know, those of you who are watching the video. Are you watching the video? Who's watching the video? Look outside for birds out there. Angry Tech News is produced on the value for value model. We don't take sponsors. We don't play ads. We do not charge you to listen, but we are funded by your donations. If you received any value from listening to this show, please send some value back. Go to angrytechnews.com and click on the donate button. Send what you think this episode was worth to you, whether it's a one-time or a per-show donation. That's it for now. I'm Ryan Bemrose, the angry programmer with a mic. I'll be back next week with more Angry Tech News. This has been Angry Tech News. With the angry programmer Ryan Bemrose at angrytechnews.com. Stay angry. Stay angry. Stay angry. Just had to drop in here real quick. Uh, we record this show live in case you weren't sure i record this show there's only one of me live at 11 a.m pacific on tuesdays and if you happen to be in the chat room the uh we use the no agenda troll room if you happen to be there you could be like baron spud the mighty who was really triggered in the troll room by the story on the new york city auto uh robot cop and uh but offered some pretty great insights that i wanted to drop here so we're putting when I was talking about the $7 an hour cost, I knew there'd be hidden costs. And he pointed out support costs, weekly, monthly software updates, new battery. Yeah. You know that the cost is going to skyrocket. The, the $7 an hour is an intro price to get some bureaucrat hooked on it. And the real price is going to be a lot more, but Hey, it's just tax money. It's all free. Right. And the other thing that he pointed out about the, when I said, well, what the heck is this thing going to do? He made the a very astute observation that it can and almost certainly will walk down the street writing tickets for expired tags. Uh, is this going to take the place of a beat cop protecting you from mugging or nefarious doers? No, it, uh, but will it take the place of a parking cop 
uh, turning your money into city money through fines and minor transgression, you better believe it.